Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today comes from our recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium. The topic we covered was establishing the foundation for a modern enterprise. And the panelists who spoke about the topic were Boris Shulkin, the Chief Digital Information Officer of Magna International, and Michael Rogers, the Chief Technology Officer of Pilot Company. The gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy Co-Head of Executive Networks, Research and Media, Stephen Norton, who joins me now. Stephen, welcome. Great to see you again, Peter. Thanks for having me. Well, Stephen, I noted a moment ago the topic, establishing the foundation for a modern enterprise. Uh, certainly a topic that a lot of uh, CIOs, CDOs, CTOs that we uh, collaborate with are contemplating or well in the throes of. But uh, I wanted to give you a chance to highlight why we chose that as a topic at the Meta Strategy Digital Symposium and moreover, why Boris and Michael were well suited to talk about it. A big topic of conversation this year has been modernization in all its forms. That's everything from upscaling people, experimenting with new ways of working, building automation into existing processes, or maturing cloud analytics capabilities, to name just a few. Um, but on top of that, we've also seen companies engaging more and more with their ecosystems of internal and external partners as they work to make digital experiences for customers more seamless and valuable than ever before. So we were fortunate to talk to Boris and Mike about the transformations they're leading within their organizations and how they're preparing them for the future. Uh, Boris, the Chief Digital Inf Information Officer at Magna International, had some really interesting insights on driving process and culture change at a global scale. We also talked a lot about the evolving cloud and data landscape and some of the challenges and opportunities that presents for technology leaders. And, and then for Mike, the, the CTO at Pilot Company, I loved hearing about how he structured the technology organization to serve a complex set of businesses. At Pilot Company, that includes travel centers, fueling, logistics, and restaurants, to name just a few. Interestingly, too, Mike comes from a marketing background, and so it was cool to hear how that experience has shaped his role leading technology. And then finally, I think for both Mike and Boris, they're great examples of technology leaders whose roles are expanding during this period of macro uncertainty. One theme that we saw across the digital symposium this time was how CIOs and their, their peers are becoming more influential, not only within the C-suite, but at a board level, especially as technology becomes that lever that lets companies move and pivot quickly in an uncertain environment. Uh, really enjoyed our conversation, and I hope everyone listening does too. That's a great overview. Thanks, Stephen. Well, let's get to that topic. It's establishing the foundation for a modern enterprise with Boris Shulkin of Magna International and Michael Rogers of Pilot Company with MetaStrategy's own Stephen Norton. But first, a quick word from our partner, Adyen, and the company's chief operating officer, Cameron Zaki. Adyen is a payment platform company that allows businesses to accept e-commerce, mobile, and point-of-sale payments. And Cameron wanted to provide a short overview of what Adyen has to offer. Cameron, over to you. Thanks, Peter. It's one global platform on which you can do many continents and countries, all the relevant payment methods, which vary significantly across different parts of the world to online and physical world or mobile. And we've continued to expand from there. If you go to a dinner party and people ask you what you do and you say this, they're like, that sounds like common sense. Why is it unique? The reality is that a lot of the players who've been around for decades have grown on mainframe computing, releasing once or twice a year, buying other companies, and then they give you one API. But behind the scenes, it's a bit of a spaghetti mess, unfortunately. What Adyen did and what we do is sort of really do the backend plumbing that is a little less sexy at times, but really makes the difference in being able to say, hey, it was Peter. Do you know that he you know, shops online and on mobile and in your store and you can recognize him and you can connect all the dots and it's not just 
enabling the payment, but it's, hey, how do you factor that into loyalty and marketing and all kinds of other use cases? Thanks, Cameron. And now on to the interview. Thanks very much, Peter. And good to see everybody today. Thank you for making the time. As Peter mentioned, the, the topic for today's discussion is building the foundation for a modern enterprise. And, and with that, I'd love to introduce the two panelists who are joining us today. I'm Boris Shulkin. He is the Executive Vice President, Chief Digital and Information Officer at Magna International. It's a $36 billion auto parts manufacturer. They have more than 160,000 employees operating in dozens of countries. And Boris has done some amazing work to lead the shift to digital processes across that entire organization. Uh, Boris, welcome. Excited to chat with you today. Happy to be here, Christine. Indeed. And the, the other panelist is uh, Mike Rogers. He's the chief technology officer at Pilot Company, um, the seventh largest private company in the United States. They're a leading operator of travel centers, a key supplier of fuel across North America, including many other businesses, which I'm excited to talk to you about today, Mike. Uh, quick service restaurants, logistics, to name just a few. Um, and Mike leads digital enterprise technology as well as marketing, and he brings a lot of technology and digital experience uh, to pilot company from the retail sector. Uh, prior to joining the company, he was the EVP of Omnichannel at JCPenney and the CIO at Saxon Avenue. Uh, Mike, welcome. Thank you for having me, Stephen. Look forward to it. Likewise. So, Mike, I thought we'd start with you. As I just mentioned, Pilot has an interesting ecosystem of businesses under its umbrella travel centers, fueling, logistics, many more. How does the technology organization, how are you structured? Um, and how do you think about technology's role in delivering value to those very different types of businesses? Yeah, we're organized with our businesses and it is the most complex business I've ever been associated with. Um, you know, we have, you know, 300 quick serve restaurants, as you stated, we have our own food business. It's about as half of our food business we do, do ourselves. We've got a logistics company that delivers fuel around the country, over 2,000 trucks. So we're one of the biggest trucking companies in the country. Not to mention we're, you know, we touch in some way, procure 15, close to 15 billion gallons of fuel. So it's really complex, which makes it really exciting. But it also presents challenges because we do run a centralized IT. You know, we've done over, over the last few years has started organizing IT to support the business and drive the technology functions closer to the business. Essentially, and when you look at our strategic plan, technology is in the middle of all of it. Uh, there is, you know, if I went through any big thing that we're trying to work on, technology is at the center of it. Whether it's logistics, whether it's uh, optimization on fuel supply, it doesn't matter. So we've organized what we call verticals for a long time, where the, we allocate resources, whether they're uh, human capital, financial capital, technology capital, to each vertical. And then the how that how those assets are deployed and those capabilities are deployed really are driven by the business. And you know, my group is very embedded. We're actually taking another step closer to that over the next couple of weeks. We're going to actually organize where we have heads of technology assigned directly to each business vertical. And uh, I think that'll actually push us closer to the business, which is becoming more and more important. Absolutely. Yeah, there's uh, that relationship is more important than arguably it ever has been. And so excited to hear how that uh that next step works out for you guys. Um, and Boris, as I mentioned at the top of the call, you're leading the shift to digital across nearly 30 countries, hundreds of manufacturing locations, obviously a huge undertaking, but I'm curious, where's your team focused now and what do you see as the areas that are driving the, the biggest impact for Magna? Yeah, sure, Steve. Um, 
many of the things that Mike just mentioned actually rings bell to us as well. A highly diversified company, you know, like you said, 34 countries, 350 locations, big ship of a uh, uh, variety of things that we do in manufacturing for automotive. Um, we're the largest uh, tier one, for example, in North America. So it's, it's, a, it's a big, uh, very diverse, very decentralized organization. Um, if I had to list um, the, the things that uh, kind of top of my mind is, the first two would be what I think uh, everybody in the audience is thinking every day, you know, um, cybersecurity and stable inf infrastructure. There's things are happening every day in our environment uh, from a cyber point of view and from a reliability of network. Our manufacturing facilities highly depend on what we do every single day. So that stability is very, very important to us. I've, a lot of focus is going there. But then on the expansion side and what we can do better and become, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what Mike said, said a, a second ago, is you know how to become a better partner to the business, how to be at the table and be the enabler to the businesses. Um, the top things that comes to my mind right now is user experience. What I mean by this is that when the users come uh, to touch the technology, we are spending a lot of effort to make it seamless, as seamless as possible. You know, uh, <laughs> Arthur C. Clarke, uh, uh, said one time, uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So we're trying to make it a magic for them, right? I, I love the the quote about making it magic for uh, for the folks that you're delivering technology to. And, and with that, um, I'd, I'd love to put this question to both of you, but Mike, maybe I'll start with you. As you think about the different types of customers that you're serving, both internally and externally, how do you ensure that you're delivering what customers want? And how do you think about kind of delivering that really holistic, magical uh, digital experience for folks? Yeah, that's a good question. And we've evolved over time and on the digital side as it relates to professional drivers, who is our core customer. 80% of the gallons we sell go to professional drivers. Um, it's about utility for them. They're on the road. They need to be able to do certain things efficiently. Even, you know, when we people on this call may not think about this, but we sell about uh, 75,000 showers a day. So people take showers in our facility. Being able to reserve a shower is a critical thing to a driver. Uh, we've enabled that and we really talk to them. What do you need? They need to be able to get in line for the shower while they're fueling. So they can do that from their phone now. When they go in to take the shower, they key in a five digit code, it opens the door. They've got a clean, they've got clean towels, soap and everything in a clean shower. When they shut that door, it locks for the next person after someone cleans it. Uh, those things like that, providing that utility, mobile fueling is another thing. A, a commercial fueling transaction takes a lot of time. And we've put that on the phone where it, can, where it used to be five minutes. It's down to, you know, 30 seconds of, of actually typing in, a, again, a six digit code or scanning your phone to enable the pump. So dry, asking the drivers, asking them what do they need to make their life easier and implementing that in a digital way. And we take uh, UI, UX really seriously on that side. Where we've not done as good a job as that is on what we what we give to our team members, right? You know, we, we put out these big enterprise applications and, you know, you need a PhD to be able to operate them. Uh, to Boris's point, we need to make it more magic on the internally to our own team members and we're working on that but we've you know ui ux on the internal side has always taken a back seat for us it's more about functionality so what we can do a better job is on and we're actually talking about that with one of our partners today uh, how do we make that that user experience more seamless just like we do for the front-end consumer that drives into our facility every day yeah absolutely i'm um, getting closer to the business also getting 
a whole lot closer to the customer and really driving those relationships holistically across the org. Um, Boris, uh, back to you. I, I did want to pick up on what you said about kind of using UX and making it magic for folks. What, how are you thinking about that inside Magna and um, what kind of developments are you seeing there? Well, um, that uh, that actually cuts across uh, every single work stream, right? The the way I'm thinking about this is uh, the best uh, the best explanation I have to my team, you know, uh, between the corporate team and IT team across Magna, it's more than two thousand people that uh, deliver that technology to our people every day. I always explain to them is think of it as a dentist, right? Nobody likes to have a dentist. Every time you have a dentist appointment, that means something went wrong, right? When a dentist does something right uh, year over year you know, dentist is unnoticeable, it becomes a pleasant visit. So um, I, I try to uh, explain that at, at every level, uh, all the way down to the, the people that, uh, you know, uh, fix things on the assembly line or in the office. That's that's basically, it's, it's more about a culture change, uh, how we think about it. Uh, the technology people, um, uh, IT people, people among them, probably the first, tend to uh, tend to think, uh, as long as it works, as long as there is a way to patch it around and find the workaround, that's done already. And I instill the, the cultural shift to say that, no, as long as people come back to you with a question, that means we haven't done our job. Um, maybe that's the best way to, to think about it. That, uh, that cultural piece is certainly something that, that cannot be ignored. Um, and, and often the, the biggest hurdle for a lot of organizations, at least in the conversations that we're having. Um, Mike, another piece of the modern enterprise that we talked about uh, at the top of this session was the increasingly complex ecosystem. And you not only have a lot of businesses underneath the umbrella of pilot company, but you're also working with a lot of external partners to deliver a lot of these services. You've talked about a cloud and API first strategy that really allows pilot to connect to um, a lot of these partners and deliver new services for customers. I wonder, are there any kind of lessons or takeaways as you've engaged in some of these partnerships um, that you could share with the audience who are maybe thinking about doing the same or engaging in some partnerships of their own? Yeah, um, I think we have a kind of a good story here. It's one of the, when we started building this app, this all-inclusive app for professional drivers, we, we talk to our customers and we say, when I say customer, we're talking about the trucking companies like a Schneider or J.B. Hunt. And you know, they've all got their own workflows that they, their drivers use to run their life. And it became apparent to me that, okay, well, they may not want to necessarily download the pilot app. Maybe they want some of that utility in their own workflow. And what we've done is we built an API management platform uh, from one of our partners. And we expose those APIs to, you know, any really not everybody, but trucking companies that want to use them. So if they need location services, everything about a location, what the amenities are, all that stuff. They can just consume that API and get all that and make it part of their workflow within their own te technology stack. And the other the other side of that is, okay, what do, what can we provide to other companies? For example, we're partners with GasBuddy and we can put our technology directly embedded into the GasBuddy app. So it's a seamless experience. There's no punch out or all that. They just consume that API and there's benefits associated with uh, our, our offerings on the gas buddy app, for example, we can do our promotional offers that are connected directly to our point of sale. So you connect on the gas buddy app, you want to buy Red Bull, get one free, click that, scan the code at the point of sale, you get your free Red Bull. Uh, or also, if there's a deal on fuel right now, it's a 10 cent discount. You know, you scan that barcode at the pump, drops the price 10 cents. 
uh, on every le level of fuel. It's all integrated. So making that seamless and easy for other partners to connect to is something we think is uh, really important to our guests and to our customers, meaning the trucking companies. Right, and a lot of the, the technology leaders job today is, as you've both mentioned, like creating that magic, making it, making it seamless. Um, I wanna talk about another technology piece of this with you, Boris, which is cloud. Something that is obviously not a new topic, but increasingly, especially over the last year or so, we've seen the shift from either we're going all in on cloud or we're deciding what that footprint looks like to some saying we're going to actually bring some more stuff on-prem or we're really going to rethink how do we optimize this cloud footprint. Um, and I'm curious what you've seen, um, how you've seen the landscape evolve, particularly in the manufacturing space um, when it comes to the cloud journey and, and some of the developments at Magna. Yeah, good question. Thanks for that. Uh, look, uh, I'll start with kind of a uh, philosophical uh, uh, thought on this point. Uh, every company has to decide internally what is their sine qua non, right? What is their essential thing that they want to bring to the table and what they uh, okay to outsource and not do themselves, right? Another uh, somebody famous, I'm not going to name, but uh, comes from one of a hyperscaler used to call it don't do anything that doesn't taste your beer uh, better, right? Uh, you got to pick. Um, so in that point, there's been a significant wave over the past, I'd say maybe five to six years, right? Where uh, it almost seemed to, to, in some cases, cloud for the cloud's sake, right? And uh, uh, in many of those, what I've uh, experienced is uh, uh, we start forgetting that why we're doing all of this. And to me, there's only one reason to do any of that is uh, how does it affect my bottom line? And bottom line can be affected directly or indirectly because things can get faster, you can get more secure and so on, right? So uh, cloud also brings geographical challenges that I don't think people expected uh, when, uh, you know, with geopolitical issues, uh, you know, the China, um, Europe, uh, North America, and the differences, um, not so much Europe, North America, but China certainly uh, creates for in our environment uh, enough heterogeneity, even when you're in a cloud, uh, to start saying, okay, uh, what does it mean from a cost point of view? And then the third piece, uh, a lot of our MES systems, of course, have you know has to run on-prem, and there's no there's no way around it. It's not only because of the latency requirements, but it's also because of the uh, um, uh, simply requirements to be on all, at all times, and no redundancy in networking can sometimes can replace it. There are many initiatives from uh, uh, both the hyperscalers and their partners uh, to bring some of it near edge uh, solutions. Um, we we testing many of them. We're trying to be very careful. What does it really mean to uh, to agility of our enterprise? So, in summary, I would say uh, pick what's essential to you. That's our strategy, and then um, uh, design a um, hybrid structure uh, to deal with things that make sense to be in cloud and make sense to be near edge and makes it you know and continues to be uh, important that you. Uh, that you stay on-prem, especially when it comes to manufacturing facilities. Sure. Uh, well, and Boris, sticking with you, a very uh, closely related piece to the cloud strategy is, is data strategy. And you both have mentioned the, the role of data growing in importance across your organizations. I think everyone in this room probably is experiencing the same thing. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how you think about Magnus data strategy and maybe any lessons that you've learned as you've worked to mature that strategy across the company? 
Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to start with, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to repeat my previous answer in some way. It's going to echo. Uh, focus on value. Uh, for me, that's what data is all about, right? And if I, uh, you know, if I take the, the fundamental focusing on value, what does that really mean? It's, you know, it's digitization or digital strategies about uh, enabling um, various work streams to uh, bring operational efficiency to the enterprise. That's how I'm looking at this. And, you know, the fundamental things, the funda fundamental components of it for me is seamless access to trusted data, a single source of truth and data transparency. Everything else that people talk about, you know, the, the analytics, machine learning, all of that comes on top of it. It becomes natural second step. If you don't have this first basis done properly, and interconnect all your systems together, you're not gonna derive the value out of it. And uh, you know, in terms of uh, lessons learned, well, there's many. Um, the, way, uh, uh, the way I uh, approach it within, uh, within our organization is crawl before you run, start with pilots, use cases, and, uh, and business cases, bring the partnership from the business, make them make them equal partner in executing of this. Um, I don't see um, a technology community as a um, execution piece of it. I see us as an enabler and, and, and having that, that strong partnership in terms of execution on the business side. Um, that way the both the, the credit uh, uh, can be shared when things go well. And also when the, there are challenges that everybody's uh, at the table trying to figure it out, right? And then maybe I would, um, uh, you know, in addition to, uh, you know, crawl before Iran, fail fast, fail cheap principle, um, I would say another important one is don't quit at the dip. I think too often organizations tend to quit at the dip. If you want to quit, quit in the beginning or quit at the end. Um, so uh, persistence and staying on track uh, is very important. It's not a cheap and it's not a short journey. It's a lifestyle. Thanks, Boris. Um, but as we look at the evolution of the technology leader, I'd love to get your thoughts. Maybe we'll start with you, Mike. Have you seen a shift in in the role that you've been playing within the broader organization as you as your company thinks about how to tackle all of these issues? And how do you see that that role continuing to evolve, especially from the seat that you're in? It's an interesting question. Um, you mentioned at the beginning that marketing the marketing function for our company reports up to me because there is a lot of synergy. Uh, between marketing, when you think about digital marketing, I actually put digital products under the head of marketing. Still reports to me that I want her to get really experienced with how to deliver capability. The digital is how we're delivering things. So um, the, what's, what's interesting is like technology is kind of at the middle of all this stuff. So when you think about what we're going to focus on strategically from a company, technology has to have a seat at the table. So what's really starting to evolve is technology the technology functions, the guys that report to me are involved in the strategic planning from the very start because we have to decide where we're going to invest our uh, precious capital and human resources to achieve the objectives of the company. And more and more, this, the most significant investment, I mean, I will tell you the most significant investment other than people that run the stores is technology. So because of, because of that, it, it naturally has progressed to a point where it's embedded in the middle of the strategy of the company. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for that, Mike. Um, and Boris, how about you? How have you seen that that role continue to evolve? Uh, before I answer, I, I want to say my congrats. That's a very interesting twist. Uh, 
I'm yet to see another example of this, but hopefully this is a beginning of, uh, of something uh, that's happening in history. I, I see the same thing. I mean, to be honest, the very fact that my role exists uh, at a company, uh, the way it is uh, conditioned today is the very proof of it, right? Uh, that role didn't exist. It was created when I took it. And by the way, part of my role as well is a technology investment. I continue. I've been doing this for quite some time for the company. I continue leading that part as well. So the combination of the two, um, in 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 our case, it's it's a very strong you know um, role. You know, a seat at a table at the most senior leadership and in front of the board as well. Board is looking at this very differently. Um, uh, we we've had a tech committee for quite some time. And so we're playing a very important role in board conversations. Um, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding. If you look at the tech industry uh, across, um, I believe there is a statistics that uh, the CIOs uh, are becoming uh, uh, increasingly a part of the succession planning to the top job. And that trend seems to be accelerating right now. Uh, so technology is no longer just a um, kind of a servant, uh, you know, in the 70s, uh, people used to joke, uh, who is the IT guy? It's the person that's fixing the typewriter for the finance guy. I don't think that's the case anymore. So the traditional role is changing into the uh, into the business partnership. And in our case, the issues like the cyber and operational efficiency becoming so critical and so important to the bottom line um, uh, of, of, of the company and what's happening uh, just take a few of the examples of what uh, what's been going on as a result of the Ukraine crisis, right? The, uh, the cyber attacks on manufacturing facilities of automotive tier ones. I mean, three years ago, nobody would have thought that anybody is interested in doing and shutting down our, our MEF systems. Today, this is a daily event. Um, so very, very critical role. Yeah. Um, the trends seem to be accelerating. At least that's what we see. Absolutely. I'm Excited to see how it's going to continue to evolve in the year ahead. Boris, Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and share your insights. This has been a fantastic conversation. Um, excited to, to see how the rest of the year uh, goes for you. Um, look forward to staying in touch. And um, with that, uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks very much. Have a good one.